0: Good afternoon, Codmasters Dave and Phil. Happy New Year to you both. How are you doing? Happy, Happy New Year, Year, buddy. How
1: are you doing? Glad to be back at work. Yeah, really.
0: Yay, I am. <laughs> I love work. I do love work. We talk
1: about this a lot. I love what I do. It's ace. Good. Just, I can't. It's just such a privilege. It's just ace. So it's nice having Christmas. But my wife had COVID, so oh, that changed Christmas quite fundamentally. There's a lot of COVID around, basically, isn't
0: there?
1: I heard that. What was COVID? Yeah. I don't even know what it is. Did it did?
2: Uh, what, what's that all about?
1: <laughs> Never heard of it. Not yeah, sure. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It did throw things quite quite considerably. To be
0: oh honest. no. But is you feeling know. better? Yes,
1: better now. Good. Yeah, better now. Good. Yeah, That's
0: good yeah. to hear. Dave yeah. King Cod, How was your New Year? Christmas
2: New Year. Yeah. Good. Busy in the mixer of lots of stuff. Bit of running. Bit of biking. Bit of training. Food. Drink. Here. There. All over the show. Bit of work, up and a bit of stuff, bit of admin. The mixer, in the mixer. It was good, man.
0: It was really good. Really enjoyed it. Good, good. A bit of this and a bit of that. I saw some images that you shared with us. Do you know what? And would seemed to be, yes. let's say, partying happily. Oh, yeah, I saw them, yeah. That, and that wasn't instigated by me. Abba I mean. was on, I think. Well,
2: <laughs> I went for a couple of beers with the boys, nice and easy. Came back. Mrs. E was home alone and had started a party for one. So I ended up getting involved in the party for one, at which point I nearly fell over and took the Christmas tree out. But yeah, yeah, those images, correct. But I, I was not the instigator. Normally, I'm the guy that instigates. I, I was the entire opposite, mm-hmm. opposite that uh, that particular evening. Believe that if you want, but it is the truth. We believe
1: that, yeah. Yeah, we believe yeah.
0: It. Likely story. Why wouldn't we believe you? <laughs> and I want to wish Happy New Year to, to our listeners, um, in, in all these in all these different countries around the globe. I hope you have a good one. I hope you've had a great festive time and Absolutely. you're all ready for this uh, exciting new year. Just going to share with you, if, I know you were going to ask Phil and Dave, but I'll get rid of the awkwardness. We you've never do, really though. We never do, do we? And that's the
2: thing I love. You've got no, to basically no, no. instigate it's it yourself. all about you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like. I asked myself that question. How was your new year, Andy? Well, actually, it was. Uh, thanks for asking. It wasn't Andy. good, was it? No, it was dreadful. It was dreadful. Yeah, my um, my mother-in-law passed away on Christmas Day, yeah. which was uh, which, which is disastrous. Obviously, you know, it's um, you know, it, it's it shook us. In a big, big way. So that's Nikki's mum. We didn't mm-hmm. expect it. She had Christmas day with us. We had a fantastic dinner. We said, you know, we love her, and we'll see you see you tomorrow. Nikki went down in the morning and found her at the bottom of the stairs. Oh, so we, we we're waiting to hear more via the inquest. So uh, Nikki's getting our full support. The so family are coming yeah. together at a, at a really difficult time, which is usually an exciting time of the year yeah. to something which we know is going to be difficult. But it's oh, you know. Each day at a time, isn't it? So it's not yeah. our first rodeo. We've been here before. We know what it feels like. We know it's going to pass. But, you know, life carries on. The, the earth keeps spinning on its axis at 23 degrees and day follows night as normal. But there's something in particular I wanted to, I've just observed. Phil, you've brought a mate along. <laughs> <I have, laughs> Introduce us. Who, who's your friend? Bring
1: someone in. Uh, this is, uh, well, the, the Reverend uh, Nick Bundock. Uh, of rest. Saint James and Emmanuel Churches in uh, in in Didsbury near me, a very good friend Hi. of mine, very good friend of the family, and a how do I say this a pillar of our community. I would say oh. absolutely, yeah. So yeah, thank you, Nick. Good to good to have you on board. It's great to be here. Thanks for thanks for inviting me along. I hope I don't wreck it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, not definitely problem. not. We've been Definitely, trying to do that. Yeah. For it the last always couple changes of years. things when you've got a vicar. When you've got a
3: vicar in a in a, in place, everyone's like watching their p's and q's. <laughs> oh, you've not met yeah. well, us. Well, you don't oh, know me, <laughs> Nick. No. Please don't. Please
1: don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> How yeah, dare I've seen you. you in conversation with Polly at the church, Nick. So I, yeah, don't I know there is colourful language that uh, <laughs> that uh, is uh, accepted. <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: <laughs> it,
2: boys. I like it. I like it.
0: <laughs> so. What do you do for a living then, Nick? It's a bad
3: um, joke. (laughs) I am a a vicar, but the thing is, because I live in in Didsbury, it's very similar to the vicar of Dibley, isn't it? I am am the real vicar of Didsbury.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But we wanted to talk about faith and spirituality because we've done this. We've skirted the issue, haven't we, previously? But we've never really talked about it as a theme, and it, and it, ha, you know, our experience of the world is is is, is so important. And I just think it's really it would be really interesting to get you along because partly to talk about faith, but also to talk about like your journey with with the church as well, which is mm. fascinating and has been impactful, but also has elements of tragedy in there as well. And and, and you, you know, you had to manage a community through a terrible tragedy
3: you know sometimes you have these things that happen in your life don't you that are like um like a watershed and i sort of i, I you know history's divided into you know bc ad you know, because of a watershed kind of mm. event and i feel like my own life has been like that i have got like all my life before 2014 and my life since 2014 and it's as it's as it's kind of as profound as that because Mm. in 2014 a young teenage girl in our church called lizzie took her own life in a field behind the church and the way that that impacted on me and on the wider community and on the church community has been so profound that it has literally formed like a marker in my life and um I mean, the, the story that unfolded from that tragic event is now something that I talk about, not just all over this country in the UK, but I've spoken about across Europe and has been put in print throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So in some respects, what happened to me is like what happens to so many of us. Most of the most significant things that happen in our lives are the things that we don't plan, not the things that we do plan and um you know we 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 can all talk can't we you know like self-help gurus about you know how we're gonna like we want to achieve this and we want to do that and we want to do the other but actually it's the life that happens to us that ends up being the thing that really defines us and how we respond to it and that's certainly been true for me i mean not exclusively but it's been the things i didn't plan Mm. i mean i remember when i first started as as a vicar here in didsbury i got this five i got this five year plan together Mm and uh, it all went out the window in yeah. 2014. But, yeah. but I guess that's true for a lot of us. So my experience mm. is common to, to, to all of
1: us, I'm sure. But it's the, it's the circumstances of Lizzie's decision mm. that were so tragic yeah. that in itself has made such a significant difference.
3: Yeah, do you want me to talk about that a little bit? Because I mean, it's very particular. It's a very particular set of circumstances. Because when 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 um, when Lizzie died, we were initially hit by the the kind of things that the church does pretty well. You know, we're pretty good at funerals. You know, we're pretty good at supporting communities through grief. We we're kind of skilled and trained in in dealing with people's trauma, bereavement, mm-hmm. loss. I mean, the fact that Lizzie was a member of our our church and that her her death was such a, a a violent one and a tragic one, made that very difficult, but nevertheless it was it was within the realms of something we could understand barely, but we could. but when it turned out at uh, the coroner's hearing in December that the primary or one of the reasons one of the key reasons that she took her own life was because she couldn't reconcile being gay and being a christian that Threw every card in our hands up in the air. It was Mm -hmm. like everything. You know how sometimes you just have that moment where all your certainty, all of your everything is just thrown in the air. The whole edifice came down because we had to work out how it had gone wrong, what she'd picked up, where she'd picked Mm -hmm. it up, how she'd picked it up. What did we believe about? faith and sexuality what did the wider church think about it what were we going to do about it how are we going to go forward i mean it's like you the ramifications just went through the entire community and it's a big church i mean you know Mm -hmm. phil st james and emmanuel's got big congregations it's reasonably well known as a as a church community because historically it was the home of the BBC Daily Service from about 1990 on mm. until Salford Studios were built in Manchester, and then it moved there. So it was—it's got the most broadcast organ in the world, and and it has it had a studio in it until very recently. So it's kind of like a well-known place. Then suddenly there's this unbelievable tragedy, and it not only hits obviously most profoundly Lizzie's family and friends, but. Well, it felt like the whole of the church community and wider. It was like a stone going dropping in a in a pond, mm. and the ripples continue to go out. Even now, to you know, all these years later, twenty twenty three, it's still a story that people want
1: to talk about. So I do. Yeah, I mean, it it must be so difficult to kind of go through that moment and think that there was something missing. I'd say it's like there was something missing in Lizzie's or some, some communicate, something, as you say, something was Mm. picked up or or a series of things were picked up that made her so profoundly compromised. I feel, you know, feel compromised about those two massive parts of her life that I just can't imagine. I mean, we, we, at the time we heard about the story, we didn't, we didn't know the detail. We just heard this horrible story that you know, a teenager had committed suicide in in, in, in the village, and it was tragic enough in its own right. She was fourteen, and um,
3: she—I mean, I'd, she was one of the first kids I'd met when we moved here in two thousand and five. She mm. she was in the playground, and she was playing with um, our son Oliver, who was just a toddler at the time, mm. and and we'd known her, you know, growing up. So by the time she died you know we'd known her most of her life and i mean i think you know the truth is is that most of us wrestle with aspects of our personality with aspects of our behaviour and you know our history and all the rest of it most of us don't have this idea that perhaps also god is wagging his finger at us mm, you know yeah. it's like it's hard enough as it is without that feeling that perhaps god's disapproving of your fundamental being yeah. and, and and this is now what what i've um, you know i spend my life You know, apart from running a church, I spend my life going around to groups of of, um, LGBT people saying, God loves you. He doesn't hate you. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You know, and we, we, as you you probably know, Phil, you know, we hold a a pride event in the church grounds. I think it's the only one in the country that's being run and held by a church. And it's massive. (laughs) I mean, we get like 3,000 people. There's a main stage. We get, big acts coming yeah. and it is just amazing the transformation that the church has gone
1: through since we stopped judging people
3: mm. <laughs> you know mm. you'd think it was simple wouldn't you <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but well but, but that is you know that that's that that's the big transformation isn't it it's become yeah very much an open place and uh, like a beacon uh, y- you know for <sighs> to hopefully avoid yeah. any Tragedy like that happening again, you know that, you know it's 2023. You know I imagine early on in in that sort of phase from what happened to and and then the realization and the, trying to shift the general like community and their understanding of LGBT kind of rights and acceptance. Sorry. Was that, was that challenging? I can imagine it, you know, with, with a, with a yeah, church kind you of community. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> you could say that. I mean, I, you know, I thought, that, I thought that being in Didsbury, you know, quite a professional, quite lots of well-educated, you know, professional people, that actually the general feeling would be, well, you know, of course we're inclusive. You know, mm. that, that's, you know that's the kind of people we are. But I was really surprised when we opened that can of worms and said, you know, this is what's happened and what we're going to do about it. And let's be much more vocal about being inclusive. Actually, all hell let loose. You know, it suddenly realized, you know, maybe, you know, in a way Lizzie was onto something. There There is a lot of religious homophobia, theological homophobia latent within the church and within other faiths, which I'm not, you know, qualified to speak about. But I know it's there too. And I found it, I I discovered it by pressing, by by poking the, the, you know, that issue, I suddenly realized, gosh, there is something, there is a problem here. A ton of people left the church when we decided that we were going to be, you know, vocally inclusive, not just tolerant, but, you know, but celebrating diversity in that way. And a ton of people who, you know, I thought, you know, I'd you know, walked with for years, they, 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 they went. Yeah. You know, and, and it it rocks you because, you know, you don't go into being a vicar or you don't go into anything, really, do you? Thinking, I want to create division. Mm. <laughs> I, I want to create, you know, enemies or, mm. um, you know, pain. You know, you don't, nobody, I don't think, does that. But suddenly I, I realized, you know, talking about being middle-aged, what do I stand for? Mm. You know, do I, or do I just shift? Do I just dance around? be whoever i'm whoever i'm talking to i become that person you know or do i actually have something that i'm going to that, that i'm going to say no this is this is where i'm going to stand on this issue whatever the cost mm-hmm. and um, and it was one of those kind of issues you know what am i going to do about this tragedy and am i prepared to to stick it out even if it means that you know the church really st- suffers and struggles and I think it was probably the first time I'd ever had to really face that in a very concrete way. But I know that that's, you know, in a situation that's going to be common to your listeners. You know, at some point, where do you stand? Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things about being a grown up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, where do you stand and are you prepared to stick with it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think mean, that that that's definitely something we've 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 sp- spoke about, like understanding yourself and getting to the point in, in life where you go, you know what? Other people's opinions on this aspect of my life or my how how I conduct myself, I don't care. You know, I don't care mm. because there's a greater, you know, for whatever in your in that in in that sort of context, it's about sometimes you. I guess you've just got to let let go of of those that you know are part of a a problem you you know they will if if they've got faith they will they'll i mean i'm sure they they probably went to other other churches and and,
3: believe you me phil there are there are plenty of churches out there
1: where they would find
3: a a warm welcome and 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 similar and a similar cluster of beliefs yeah so that you know they'll, they'll be well catered for yeah what's who the people who are not well catered for in? In the church are, are, are people who find themselves as part of a sexual minority and who feel like the church thinks that they're evil. Yeah, they're not well catered for. Yeah, but they'd get a w- very warm welcome at St James and Emmanuel Didsbury. Yeah, <laughs> along I, with everybody else who's got something that you know. The thing of it, the thing is, and this is what what I say to others, you know, my my colleagues, what once once you've let this this poor oppressed minority come into your church actually it gives everybody else permission just to be themselves as well yeah. you know and there's nothing that we all want more than for people just to to go you know what you're okay yeah you know you're all right and that's actually what most of us are kind of looking for and and that's been the gift of, of to the church of, of lizzie's death is that we all just come along now and it's like you're okay yeah it's all right
1: mm. definitely and um, it's an interesting one because We've talked about faith individually, and um, I know my wife, um, obviously, um, is, is, is very much, you know, a full believer. I have to use my language carefully here because I, I think, I was thinking about this before. I mean, I've gone through times in my life, I wasn't brought up in, with religion, you know, and I think that's the fundamental difference between me, me, me and my wife. I wasn't brought up with religion. So it was kind of part of school. And I remember doing the Christmas, playing my guitar at the Christmas shows in the churches and all that kind of thing. And it, 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 these were day, days where, you know, the, 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 the assembly in the morning would be carol, um, hymns, sorry. There would be carols at Christmas, obviously. But it, from a family perspective, it wasn't, it wasn't something we did uh, uh, or, or in any on any side, my mum, my dad, you know, their parents or or what have you. And so there's been times in my life where I've kind of thought of myself, I would describe myself, I would identify perhaps as an atheist, but not with any great thought to that. On reflection now, I was thinking, I went for a walk earlier to just kind of unpick this in my head. I probably just think of myself as a a Christian. I'm probably a lapsed Christian. I, I, I don't... You know, it's always been present in my life. In my more rebellious years, I probably would have been, gosh, I don't believe that, you know, that's not for me. As I get slightly older in life, I realize, well, you know, it is there, you know, in one way or another. I I just, I'm not like immersed in it. I just, it'd be interesting to see what Dave and Andy thinks. I know they've got sort of, that they're, if I'm somewhere in, in the middle, I think Dave and Andy are, are on sort of not polar <laughs> opposites, but you know, they their their perspective is different again.
0: Go on, Dave. Tell us more about your your viewpoint. I mean
2: the first thing I say with regards to belief, I think people everybody's like believe in whatever works for you. Absolutely, whatever that is, you know, as long as you're not pushing that on somebody or 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 you're harming anybody, then it's like an opinion, and opinion's an opinion, isn't it, from, from that perspective? So, you know, I've got my wife is Catholic. Uh, the kids went to a Catholic uh, primary school. They did the the confirmation, all of that. You know, I'm not, you know, but I was there, and 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 I support that. That's what that's what my wife believes. Awesome. Mm-hmm kids are the kids you know i think they're maybe a bit like you phil maybe they drift in and out they're young maybe they're just you know forming their own opinions still which they probably are and i probably sit at the opposite end with regards to religion or or believing in a particular god whoever that god is i i don't however i do believe that i do believe in when we talk about the spiritual side of it as in a spirit or something is is something that we sort of I define it as what we have within us, you know? And I definitely believe that when when this physical entity leaves this world, that that doesn't necessarily pass with the physical entity. I believe that that goes on to do something else. It's here. And I also believe that, you know, Mm -hmm. you see this physical entity and the spirit within is also doing things around. Do do you know what I mean? I believe in that. Now, I'm not -hmm. not completely dismissing Christianity or any other form of religion. Some of it might be down to ignorance, so I've not had that exposure of it enough so it, it, ignorance plays plays a part of it. I just I guess I just don't get it to a certain extent. There are all other things that I think about and go, there's no way that that could have happened that way or we have one particular God that did this, this and this. I, I, you know it, it, and I've got a, my mind is so open. I could sit down and talk to some conspiracy theorist and, and have a conversation around that. Or for example, sit down with you, Nick, and listen to what you've got to say. Or, and I'll listen because it does blow my mind. Cause I'm like, wow, it could be this. It could be that. It could be this and could be that. But I just, I don't buy it. You know, I mean, if I was to think, how would I sum up a God or somebody's God? I would look at it. Well, maybe it was a spirit, uh, who basically, if he was alive now had a really good book deal, wrote a great book that a lot of people bought and had a really good profile that reached a lot of people, which might sound a really odd way to look at it, but maybe maybe that's what it was, you know, or maybe that particular God or these gods never existed. Someone created a book, wrote a book or did something along those lines and got profiles. That's the way I come at it from, whereas if you spoke to my wife about it, She'd look at it. Well, it would be this, this, and this, and this. But that's the way she was brought up. So I'm sort of like, I don't know. I just listen to all of it, sort of thing, and I'm not really down one particular route or the other. If
0: any of that yeah, makes I've got any a sense, for you, everything you says makes sense, Dave. But I've got a question. I've got a question for you, Dave, if, if you yeah. don't mind. And it's not challenging anything you've said. I love you, no matter yeah, what. You know, yeah. whatever you believe in. If if you you know, you know, if you told me the complete opposite to what I believe in. I'd still love you irrespective. What what do you what does the word faith mean to you?
2: Something that I believe in. To have faith or uh, it translates into a belief. So I could have faith in you as an individual. I could have faith in, in a, a a in a football team or something faith is something that translates into a belief, but that doesn't necessarily mean to say it's a religious thing.
0: Mm. yeah I like that yeah I can I can buy into that did you feel awkward then by any chance then Dave do you feel like you were being judged no not
2: do you know what when so when (laughs) my dad when my dad passed away uh, I didn't really get massively involved in the funeral planning because my mum sort of took over it and I was a bit like going through a bit of an angry period and you know everyone's like we're doing it this Mm -hmm. way we're doing it this way and I, I was like you know my dad we would have to be pretty chilled, you know. He'd want to do it his way. And when I, when I, when I, when I actually did, you know, I, I did the eulogy or I got up and spoke about him in in the church. You know, that's where we were. That's what that's what was happening. I mean, when I pass away, guys, if I could, I'd have a Viking funeral. I'd like to be. I'd like to have a bow all built up, put it and push me out to sea with the Gladiator soundtrack behind. I, if I could do that. I would do that. That's the way I would, that's the way I would actually like, a like, bit, bit of an event. Has he got memory. to have one
3: of those flaming
2: arrows? As oh, well. <laughs> wow. That would be, yeah. that'd be incredible. And then followed by a bit of a DJ and a barbecue on the beach, something like that would be, would, <laughs> would be really good. But I, I, mm. I, still, I actually said about his funeral, you know, what, what I've just said, I, I don't believe in God, but I believe in the fact that we've all got a spirit within us. And I know that whatever, you know, that my dad's spirit will live on somewhere, doing whatever, you know, whatever that is. It because it because we don't know, do we? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what you know what's
0: what's happening or, or or where it's going. I'd love to ask you more about that grieving process you went through with your dad because I remember you you know we we spoke quite a bit about that and especially about being so ballsy enough to do the eulogy as well and say what you said in those circumstances, I think it showed massive character. But I'd love to come back to that in a bit if that's okay, Dave. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And maybe get Nick, Nick's perspective on that as well, because you know, grieving is something that I'm surrounded by at the moment. Yeah. So, but Phil, you were asking about you know our beliefs, if you like. I, I went to Boys Brigade by choice. I wasn't forced into it. Um, I then went to a Baptist church as a teenager. Loved it. And it wasn't one of those crazy Baptist churches that hate everyone. It was a very inclusive Baptist church, by the way. It wasn't one of those who, who got on the news recently. My kids went to Denshaw Church, a little village community church. Absolutely loved it. I learned so much about myself and lives and communities in that in that village, which is fantastic. And the more recently started going to Impact Community Church as well, which is a more modern twist on Christianity, if like. you like. It's a more upbeat, vocal, happy clapping kind of singing songs, playing guitars, playing drums and stuff. Again, Christian in a a very Christian way, but a completely different way of celebrating as well. I'd say that my faith, just like yourself, Dave, is like I believe in a lot of things. First and foremost, I believe in people, and I believe that we didn't just happen by a big bang. I think we just something's happened beyond our comprehension. And just like gravity, I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to be grateful for it. That's all I'm bothered (laughs) about. Probably, I'm probably less Christian than I used to be, but I still have. I probably have a lot more faith than I've ever had. And I'm just not too sure what form that takes. So I believe in every of the Christian values. I believe in everything there. I've never deviated away from Christianity, but I've opened my eyes over the last few years. And and Nick, you were mentioning about 2014, and it's a very similar sort of time to to when I kind of changed my path a little bit. I'd had a breakdown and considered suicide and almost took my own life. Part of my rebuilding process was to question everything in my life and myself in, in, in so many different ways. And part of that rebuilding process was to go to a Buddhist temple, go to a mosque with friends, go to different churches and just explore different religions and faiths. What I came away with was that I'm not religious. I don't, I don't do things without question. I question everything. I, and I question my own faith. I question my own spirituality. And I'm working on it all the time. So whilst I will probably say technically I'm Christian, I just have more faith than ever, bef- ever, ever before. The more people I speak with, the more faith I get from them. If you like, almost by osmosis, and by meeting you guys in particular, I've got more faith in more people. And by doing this podcast, hopefully, that faith—and I'm talking non-religious faith—is is shared across you know many different people. So that's kind of my take on faith versus religion. Nick, how would you describe the word faith? What does it mean to you as a person? I'm not talking about professionally. I'm talking about. To you, because you, you spoke about 2014. I'm guessing this is a time when your faith in everything would have been questioned.
3: Yeah, it was. It's really interesting listening to what you guys are saying. I mean, uh, just because I wear a dog collar and I'm a, I'm a vicar and I run a church doesn't excuse me from the human experience of trying to work out what I think and um, who I am. And actually, sometimes that can be even harder because. You know i'm in role i'm supposed to be the spiritual one and actually you know i have lots of questions i also have the privilege of seeing some amazing things happen which does build my faith i I didn't come from a i didn't come from a christian home so when i started going to church my parents thought it was a kind of Rebellious, rebellious phase. I was going to throw out. Of. Were they punks, Nick?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your parents were punks. Yeah. Thought, I'm going to show you, laugh <laughs> Yeah.
3: You thought you were rebellious. <laughs> they, they, they were. They were completely horrified. I can remember being taken out. This, this before I, when I just before I was going to go to theological college. They took me out for a meal to try and persuade me not to do it. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Wow. And um, no they're like, do you really want to do this? You know, you're going to have this really bad pay for the rest of your life. <laughs> they were right, actually. And yeah. the, older <laughs> get, the, 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 the older I get, the more I resent
0: that. You
2: know? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's where your faith um, literally does come in. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. But I have, in some respects, I'm less certain than I ever was. And in some ways, weirdly, I'm more certain than I was. And I, and I feel like like I'm more in touch with the, with the mystery of God and the sort of sacredness of the universe. I don't know. It's really difficult for me. It's difficult to put this into words. I see God in so many places and in so many people and in so many things that there's a, there's a prayer that some of us are taught to do. It's called the examine prayer. You do it before bed. And you look back and you just say, what when, What am I thankful for today? And what kind of God would have given me that gift? So it could be, you know, I went for a nice walk with my dog and we walked along the River Mersey. And I'll go, that was a really lovely walk. And then you ask yourself the question, If if that was a gift from God, what does that say about the character of God? And that really touches me because I think, you know, some, sometimes we don't directly link the character of God to the things that, that are really good in our lives. And I think that yeah. shows the character of what God's like. And that kind of thing really keeps me going. But do I, like, am I got this rock solid belief? Well, I don't really see it like that anymore. I, I, I just don't. I feel like I'm, I feel more as though I'm privileged to be part of an amazing church community and they hold me together we have a faith it's not an individual thing it's a corporate thing together we're a yeah. community
1: who have faith rather than it all being about an individual who has a faith that is so spot on nick like i'm like that's like lit a light bulb in my in my head cuz remember when my wife sophie first came to your church to the church and she came, came and um, she'd not been to church for many, many years. And she came home and she was like, it is such an amazing place. You would love it. I was like, well, yeah, but I'm not really, I don't think my, myself that religious. And eventually I, I got closer to the church because Nick put a call out to say, obviously being quite a a, a big church with music and a beautiful, beautiful building and all that, and very different inside the experience is very different, but um they have a PA system like a big sound. Well, Sophie told me that Nick had said, "Oh yeah, it's it's about one microphone and some speakers, and that's all you need to worry about." So I said, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that." So I turned up to 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 be trained by uh, Malcolm, who runs that kind of thing, and um and then you know some band appears and there's bloody monitor speakers being set up, and there's microphones for each singer, and then the desk is all this. And I'm like, well, a minute, this is not the one microphone job that I thought it was. However, I think by, this is about maybe 18 months ago or something like that, what really struck me at that point is that, not that I disbelieved her, but she was really right about this community thing. And that's really... I think that's why I described Nick as a pillar of the community because it sort of is that. And it's like, I think what you said there was quite profound for me that it's about the collective belief of a community rather than an individual with a book wagging the finger in you know, that kind of way. I think that's really quite fascinating because I think, you know, the community around St. James and Emmanuel is is a very lovely one and one that gets things done and i think that's the other thing isn't it so it's, it's a it's a community that comes together and does things and makes so pride being a you know a great example that happens you, you, the community around that makes that happen. you know there's all sorts of things and I, I, I just think there's something really interesting about that collective faith thing that well uh, i, that I think resonates. maybe phil
3: you know we we're probably the first culture in in human history that sees things primarily as being about the individual mm-hmm. and then that just leaves you with your own thoughts and feelings and experiences but actually it, most isn't common throughout the world still and and in the past for, for us to think about ourselves as a, as a we not as a, a me you know and so when you start to bit set, set yourself within a bit much bigger context it's there's my story which is like the little I, but then there's the big story of the big we. You know, mm-hmm. who are we? And yeah. who are we like more together than we're, when we're apart? And you don't have to be part of a faith community to have that experience. You can be part of any community and have an experience of being part of something bigger. It's just that it's more intentional in a faith community because you're deliberately associating yourself with the story. And, and I think that's what for me has become more important is, the stories we tell ourselves the stories that we we listen to are the things that end up influencing us you know so we've just had christmas haven't we well we're telling mm. ourselves a story and that becomes part of us you know and, and i'm telling you a story about what happened since 2014 and that's become part of us as well so and i so i think story is very very important for all of us and that's something we all share whether we've got faith or no faith mm. you know you know dave has got a story and actually as that becomes part of a bigger collective and community that story makes sense and has context you know within his family within his with his mates and with his community so you know i, I you know we come
1: we end up we it boils down there's a lot of commonality you know we're all human beings aren't we mm. <laughs> yeah and it and it's interesting because we point to dave over there king Card, as he likes to call himself and you know dave works a lot in with brands and brands when they're true are about a story aren't they it's about the story mm. that that brand that association with that brand tells us about ourselves and about you know the, the people in our tribe the people in our community that love the same brand and, and yeah i think the, the the story is 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 really important you know but then you build faith
2: it's similar isn't it because then you will build faith and belief with that brand which is an entity at the end of the day it might be a brand but it's an entity and then you this is when i was going back to like when i was talking when you think about oh god there's a story around there and then people built faith and belief around that as well just like whether you're christian or muslim whatever that is whoever your god is it's built around. That story and that story builds the belief and the faith, doesn't it? it you know, and I, mm. I quote football a lot when when you talk about religion because to a lot of people, football is a religion, isn't it? It's something mm. that they believe in and it's hugely community driven. And once or mm. twice a week, they come together in a congregation and they, you know, yeah. And, and yeah. they sing, you know they what sing. I mean? They <laughs> sing and they believe, and you know, <laughs> it, it, it's. And this is why, I guess this is why I question the, the God element of it, you know. But I do, if you take that out and think about faith and belief, which is what Andy was saying before and what we're talking around, you know, what, what Nick, what you started to talk around. And that story, it's all, it transcends across all of it. It's just what's at the end of the story. Is it a brand? Is it a God? Is it, is it a the football team? The principles are the same, aren't they?
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only thing that comes to my mind, and I'm not supplying an answer here. I'm just kind of asking the question: Is you know, some stories are good stories, some stories are not so good. Some Absolutely. stories are, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. are, 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 are well worth listening to, and some stories aren't. And yeah, and I yeah. wonder if actually, a, a, you know, if a, a, a poverty in human living may come around because somebody's living out a narrative which is a bad story. You know, and when you look at failure, or you know, or 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 lack of potential, or you know, failing to flourish as a human being, it might be because within that context of that that person, the story that they're living is not a good one. And I wonder, Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering out loud. I don't really know the answer to that question. You know, what are the scripts that are going through our our heads? What do we believe about ourselves? You know, not all stories are created equal, are they?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, Absolutely not. P- part of, we, we talk a lot about purpose, don't we? And, and sort of being, understanding, said, our, getting to a point mm-hmm. in life where you understand your purpose on whatever level. And when you've got clarity on your purpose, then the story is truer, isn't it? Like that, that's mm-hmm. the thing. You, you're not, li- we, we've we talked about loads of experiences being in roles or being whatever, where it's not true to who you are, and, mm-hmm. and by getting to a certain point in life and going, yeah, actually, this is me. This is where I align. Then you live a happier life. Generally,
2: I think, I think if you look at when Nick was telling us about the girl that passed away, and then Nick, what your role then became, I think, and the way that you changed the way the church worked for, want of better, for want of a, one of for one of one of a better way of, of putting it your purpose changed on that day didn't it a fundamental thing changed for you on that day and that your purpose literally went from from left to
3: right Mm. huge huge shift and it's funny because for the first few years when i was at the church i kind of felt like i was in the wrong job (laughs) like i wasn't sure why i was there then this thing happened and then i thought oh now i know why i'm here (laughs) boom yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) but it took, it Mm. took like it took like you know five years of not knowing, so sometimes you have to sit in the uncertainty for a bit, don't you?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and hang on. But I think that's uh, okay. Uh, uh, I think it's okay not knowing. At the and, and we talk, we do talk about this a lot, don't we? How we're all driven to like we must know, we must know everything now, and it must must be moving forward constantly, mm. constantly, mm. constantly. Sometimes it's all right not to know. You know, at some point you, mm. you, you'll, you'll 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 might take a year, might take a week, whatever, and then you'll you'll go okay. But then it'll change again, won't it? Things change, it, it, mm. it pivots, but then that goes, that's
0: your story, isn't it? I guess that's, that's the story that you're creating. Mm. You asked my question then, Dave. That was exactly what I was going to ask. Well done. You <laughs> <laughs> saved save me the trouble. It was, it was about purpose because we speak about purpose so often, don't we? At what Absolutely. point do you know your purpose? And so many of us try so hard to look for it, they don't realize it's, we're actually living it already. And when these events in our lives happen, that's when it becomes really obvious mm. what, what that purpose yeah. is. And Nick, yeah. obviously, you've articulated you know, key events in your life which have, have, have led to your purpose. And mine was not dissimilar. It was, it's different circumstances, but not dissimilar to that. And somebody actually came to us at the church and said, here's, here's a note from God. Here's a prophetic word. I'm like, what? What are you on about? Here's a note from God. He's just told me to tell you this. It means more to you than it will do to me. So here you go. I'm not a prophet, by the way. This is what he told me to tell you. So, said, you need to speak. He sees you on, this, on the top of a hill as a mighty man using a spoken word. You're going to get thrown into the lines then, just like Daniel, but he's going to protect you. And what he was telling me was to be a public speaker. That's what he was saying in his words. You need to stand up and you need to speak. And a year later, I did, I did a TED Talk about mental health and suicide yeah, prevention. Nice. <laughs> so mm. I, I felt that, as that, was, that was genuinely the, the word of God. And I'm not questioning that. And I'm you know, logic would tell me that that can't be possible, but something happened and my purpose became very clear because yeah. of my attempted suicide, if you like, out of that came my purpose. And that's when you strip it all back and it becomes really abundantly obvious when nothing else matters, why am I here? Yeah, no, it was there all along. So, yeah. I th- you know, that was that was really profound, is the closest, you know, word I've, I've got to that. Before we, before we it. Because I know that you've you've got a lot to do, can you give us some quick tips on grief? How to deal with grief? Now I'm not just talking about how does an individual deal with grief? How do you, as an yeah. individual, support other people who are grieving? So not you know, not just for the person who's suffering a loss. You know, it's like, it's like that. Yeah, that second person. There are,
3: yeah, there are there are there are really there are so many so many ways in which I could answer that question, and also so many pitfalls <laughs> because. Yeah. You know everybody's different. I think if somebody's somebody you love is grieving, check in with them regularly also be be prepared to accept that their emotions may not be directly related to to grief. They may be angry
2: mm-hmm.
3: and that may come out in weird ways, so in, emotionally things you know there's like this sublimation it it jumps through things and comes out in, in, in odd ways. One of the things that the church is pretty good at is creating places of remembrance. So every year we invite back our grieving families to light a candle, to hear the name of their loved one read out. Oh, that's nice. Now, whether, the, whether your church does that or not, you can still do that. So create moments of remembrance. That might be at birthdays, mm. Christmas, particularly Christmas for you, Andy, Mm. because that's going to be, you might want to, you might, I mean, little rituals, you know, lighting a candle, setting a place at the table or anything that kind of helps you remember a person on a special day. Mm,
0: Okay.
3: And I think um, just accept that actually the thing about grief is this hole opens up in your life and people say, oh, you know, give it time you know and and the, the hole will shrink but actually the truth is the hole never shrinks ever but what does happen is life grows around the hole and i think that's a more healthy way of looking mm. at grief is is that it it's a moment that changes you forever but and it will never go away it's just life flourishes around the outside of it mm. um it's beautiful. so it's like managing mm. your expectations of that person who's grieving but actually it's much harder to be the supporting person in a way because you you can easily get it wrong and say the wrong thing but don't let that put you off asking i think that's Mm. that's the key thing check in particularly as a guy i hate doing Mm. that Mm. i find it easy professionally but when in my own family i find it way harder yeah
0: yeah that's really that's really great advice moments of remembrance i love that Really important in this particular time of year as well, setting a setting a place for somebody, checking in with people. You're right, as guys, we, we, we're we pretty rubbish at checking in with people. Um, mm. Did anybody watch that on, on the BBC over Christmas, about the mole and the fox and the horse? No, I wanted to. Oh, I heard about it. Yeah, wow. I heard
3: about that, but I didn't see it.
0: Unbelievably powerful. And there's a line in there which the mole uses, and I won't give too much away. The, the mole uses a line, and it is, it's just beautiful. And he basically says he finds it hard to tell people that he loves them, so he says something else instead, and he comes back to that same phrase towards the end. And I'm there, like, crying like oh. a seven-year-old baby. I'm like, I can't go. It's too much for me. It's beautiful. I, I love that. Thanks for that, Nick. I really I really appreciate it. It means an awful lot. Somebody said to us recently, in fact, they posted on our timeline, grief is the price you pay for loving someone. Yeah, it's true. I loved yeah. it. We're going to have to let you go out with it because you've got a congregation yeah. and lots of many yeah. people to, to, yeah. to inspire and to, and to, to share love with. Uh, I just want to say thank well, you for, for joining us and being one of, one of the Cod today, part of our community. Well,
3: uh, I, I, I feel honoured. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate the time.
1: Thanks, guys. No, no, you're welcome. I think it's been brilliant, great conversation. Thank Phil, you. thank yeah, you yeah. for
0: for inviting Nick along as well. You, you've added yeah. a new dynamic and something that we've, you know, we've not been brave enough to speak about. Before. No, so thank and you for, yeah, for brave, doing that.
1: yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. King
0: yeah, Cod, do you want, you want to talk well. us out of the show? What what have we learned today, and what should our listeners do? Our listener do.
2: Oh, nah. I feel super underqualified. So, I mean. I'll give you my take on it, as I always do, and it's you know, it's my take at the end of the day. I mean, I think everything we've spoke about today. I have an open mind. Just have a complete open mind. You know, whatever somebody believes in, you know, whatever that is, whatever whatever it is, just have an open mind. Take the time, take the time to listen and try not to judge. You know, try try not try not yeah. to judge. You know, we we say it so many times. We, we're all different, we're all different, but that that's the good thing, because if we were all the same, it'd be pretty boring. You will not want a few billion Daves on the planet, would you, you know, from, <laughs> from, from that perspective? Eh?
0: Definitely not. No. <laughs> it'd be an overlord, wouldn't it? I'm just going to add, there's something I wanted to just, just share just before you talk us out of the, the show. You know bang on about the blue zones a lot, about, you know, people working yes. longer and happier. What comes up in the blue zones every single time is faith, the people who live the longest and the happiest have faith. It doesn't matter what they have faith in, you just have yeah, some faith in something.
2: Nice. And the
0: Seventh-day Adventists, uh, Seventh-day Adventists, I think I'm saying that right, they're the ones in uh, California, Loma Linda, who lived the longest in America, and they're incredibly faithful. And the way they live the life is 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 fantastic. So it doesn't matter what as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure we'd all agree, it doesn't matter what faith you have, but you need to have faith in something, mm-hmm. somebody or something Absolutely. beyond ourselves to you know yeah. to guide us along. So that that will be my take from this from this call. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Dave. Oh, that's me. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I only get one job at the end of it. I've got one real main task, and that's basically to see us out. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll just iterate what Andy and Bill said, Nick. That's been absolutely class. And so, our listeners that are out there, if you're, if you're liking the content, if you like what you hear, give us, a, give us a like, give us a comment, give us a share and a subscribe. And uh, if you want to get in touch have a conversation, any suggestions for what we're talking about, or if you want to come on the pod, drop us, a, drop us an email at helloatalkingcod.com.
1: Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed us talking cod, please give us a rating, leave us a review in your podcast app and subscribe now. Quick shout-out to the guys at DatDip Productions, the
2: folks pushing the buttons behind the scenes. Check them out at datdip.co.uk.
0: And thanks to Rubber Bear for our theme tune, Elements. Find the band on Spotify and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time for more Talking Cod.